Today we're talking about what we know about this Illinois matchup along with how the Gophers can win the Big Ten West for the first and final time and also why you shouldn't overreact about the basketball exhibition game today. You are locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Uh, Golden Gophers. it turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant, here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. And I first off want to shout out all of the everydayers, those tapping in every single day to get Gophers daily content. I just want to thank y'all because without y'all, I'm not able to get on here and talk about this Gophers team each and every day. And I appreciate y'all listening, contributing, giving us questions to answer on weekly mailbags and whatnot. Look, this fan base is amazing. It's awesome. And I just can't wait to continue to give y'all daily content on the Golden Gophers each and every day. So thank you. And if you are new to the show, be sure to hit subscribe. Be sure to drop your questions in the comment section below so we can continue to build and grow this community together. Now, let's talk about what we know about this Illinois matchup, but then also how the Gophers can win this Big Ten and why this Illinois matchup is huge for the Gophers to be able to do that. Now, today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com slash college and use promo code college for a first-time deposit match of up to $100 daily fantasy sports made easy. So what we know about this Illinois matchup so far, the spread is one and a half points in the favor of Minnesota, meaning if you pick Minnesota to win, all they have to do is win by two points or more. Now that's easier said than done, but at the same time, this is the lowest spread for the Gophers to have to try and cover, which has been in their favor. So that is a positive. Now on top of that, Minnesota has covered in back-to-back weeks. Prior to that, they hadn't covered a single week on the season. I think they're going to keep that streak going because I truly do think with Illinois coming off a bye week, uh, they have been a a mess on both sides of the ball this season, but I do think that the Gophers will be ready to handle this one, especially at home. Usually you see like three-point spreads in the close matchups when a team is at home, so it's very curious to see that Illinois is only one point or one and a half points behind on that one, but when you're looking at the total scoreline, it's 42 and a half points. I would smash the under here because last week I said to take the under and we hit on that by literally a half a point and that was set at 40.5 but I didn't follow my own advice on the prediction that I placed and it ended up biting me but at the same time this one I would absolutely smash the under on both these offenses haven't been high powered it's big 10 football it's getting colder it's in dinky town And I think that we're going to see under 42 and a half. Now, it could ride up close to that line. Vegas picks these lines and it ends up being close. But I think that it will be under. Now, like we said on yesterday's show, this Illinois defense is missing a big-time player in the first half against the Gophers. But at the same time, they have been up and down and sideways and left and right and all over the map. So I think overall... 
they will be expecting Keith Randolph back this season. Keith Randolph has been one of their best interior defensive linemen. He's been out with an injury, and now they'll have Johnny Newton out for the first half, but he will be back in the second half. So with that, Illinois could swell with some momentum, with some confidence heading into the second half. And then on top of that, on the offensive side of ball, they're also expecting running back Reggie Love to be back in this matchup as well. So you pair that uh, two players coming back, two big players coming back for them, on top of the extra planning, on top of having uh, more motivation coming out of a bye week to get back on track, but also... You add all that together, and it can become worrisome for Minnesota playing an Illinois team that's rested. Look, we did the same exact thing to Iowa and pulled the upset victory. So hopefully Minnesota is on top of their P's and Q's, and they are ready to handle another matchup that they should win. But I have a good a good feeling about this game overall. But with that, the extra time, the extra preparation, the extra bodies back ready for this Minnesota team, they'll probably have a good feel for Minnesota's offense and how to slow down an already struggling offense when it comes to consistency. So that's why I think this game will definitely be an under. Now the Gophers have to add new wrinkles, new elements to their offense, especially allowing their quarterback to get hot. My hope is that we will see some type of up-tempo passing game against the Illinois uh, Fighting Illini, which the secondary has been pieced together with transfers and young players and been all sorts of inconsistent. So if you can allow your quarterback to get hot and make Illinois play back on its heels and respect the passing game, it should open up the running game for our running back room that has been injured but has shown players stepping up each and every time the bell is being answered. Jordan Newbin could lead this room again if necessary. If Darius Taylor is back, he will get touches, but there are other players in this room that have been asked to answer the call when it comes to stepping up for the running back room because of all the injuries. So it will be interesting to see how Minnesota divides the carries up and how much they truly run the ball because you don't want to have to run the ball 40 times to one player again. That adds up to a lot of mileage, a lot of hits, and potential injuries coming a player's way. So Minnesota is going to need to jump out to an early offensive lead or get on the board offensively quickly with Johnny Newton suspended in that first half. Minnesota has to continue to build momentum, and this game is key for their season. Not only does a win get you bowl eligible, but it keeps you at the top of the West and is a game that you should be winning at home. So defensively, you have to frustrate this young quarterback and keep him out of his rhythm and on his heels. But most importantly, you have to keep him contained. The pressure should give way to turnovers, but you can't allow him to extend drives with his legs or even extend plays with his legs because that could gash this Minnesota secondary, which has had its ups and downs at times. So When we're looking at one unit on each side of the ball that we need to stand strong for the Gophers on the offense, it is the running back position. Now, there is a question. Question number one for this room is, is Darius Taylor back? But I'm under the assumption that he is not going to be back this week. I think it could take maybe one, maybe two more weeks to get him fully healthy and not second-guessing and not having any nagging or lagging injuries. So I'm not sure he'll be back this week. But you have 
confidence in knowing Jordan Newbin can lead this room. But do you do not want Jordan Newbin to have to have 40 carries again because that can add up on a person's body. That can add up with all of those hits. So who has next behind Jordan Newbin? Is it Sean Tyler or has that trust been gone? And will that allow opportunities for others since he has struggled with putting the ball on the field because there's no wiggle room for turnovers in the Big Ten. So does it move on to the next? We've heard of Xander Rockout, Zaquan Bryant, both true freshmen in this year coming and taking running back carries, working with running backs, coach Nick McKissick, Luke. And you know what? I think maybe they could see a couple touches in this game. Now, They've both been mentioned by Coach Fleck, and both are players that can now play in games for the remainder of the season while keeping their red shirt for the season. So it will be curious to see if they're solely a practice role running back or if they can handle five to eight carries or so and create a new dynamic. And with that, both of them still technically have defensive eligibility too. Zaquan Bryan would have to change his number, which I do believe we saw in the pregame of last week that not many were mentioning because there is a four on offense with Corey Crooms. So if he's changing his number, he could play both ways for the Gophers, meaning he could take running back snaps and also as we get into these redshirt uh, games and whatnot and keeping that eligibility, maybe he could play some defensive back, especially in games that get out of hand and get him some reps on that end. It would be really cool to see that for these young Gophers players to get more experience and be ready to contribute for next season as well. Now, also, can this group, the running back group, remain effective against this defensive line with Randolph back and Newton back in the second half? It definitely is going to be tougher sledding than what some of these recent teams have had to face. And finally, can Athen, I think this should uh, balance the offense with the run game, should open up if they can get Athen going in the pass game. It'll help our uh, running back room a lot, and it will also allow Minnesota to keep Illinois guessing with the balanced approach of the pass game to run game. So an effective run game paired with some passing could really help the Gophers win this one. Now flipping to the other side of the ball, linebackers is the room I'm focused on on defense. Likely have to put a spy or a contain on this quarterback, and that likely uses a linebacker. Though luckily our linebackers have some speed to him so Lindenberg's back Devin Williams has he's been playing out of his mind Maverick Biernowski has been clicking since the bye week so I think overall that linebacker room is strong now Cody was on a snap count last week so it will be nice to see him continue to build on last week and find his groove on top of that him playing has helped this linebacker room immensely because he takes on the communication role at that middle linebacker position it allows Maverick Biernowski to play on the strong or the will linebacker and play in tandem with Cody, but also not think as much, not have to do all the communicating, but get the communicating and ball out. He can just play more instinctively, and I think that will be huge for him as a redshirt freshman, but also it'll allow him to have the knowledge of how he can adjust in that leadership role for years in the future. And finally, it is pertinent for this room to finish their tackles. Reggie Love back, Fegan's a big running back, and the quarterback can run. You got to get them the first time. You cannot allow them to create missed tackles and struggle with your defense. 
Now, overall, I think this game is going to be more balanced attack, maybe a 60-40 split when it comes to run pass, but we're going to move on to what the Gophers need to do to win this Big Ten West division and how it can still happen. It might be easier said than done, but there is a big chance for the Gophers. But before we do that, we got to talk to you about our friends over at Prize Picks. First, I got to talk to you about our friends at Prize Picks. If you like daily fantasy sports, then you will like Prize Picks, and it is the place to be. Now, you can test your skills on Prize Picks. This football and now basketball season is fully underway. It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250. It's as simple as pressing over or under on stat projections. And if you get multiples correct, you can win up to 25 times your money. This week, I would smash the under on Will Levis's yardage set at 202.5 yards against Pittsburgh. Now, Mike Tomlin has a propensity to get his defenses going. TJ Watt could absolutely eat against Will Levis, and he blew up last week. Will Levis, credit to him. He absolutely balled out. But I do not think that a Steelers coached Mike Tomlin team is going to allow him to get over 200 yards. So I'd smash the under on that. And also with prize picks, if you would want to play alongside some of your favorite prize picks players like rapper Meek Mill or comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now find community plays under the promo tabs of the app and view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each week. Go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown and use promo code lockdown college for a first time deposit match of up to $100. You put 100 in, you get 100 in. That's $200 total 2020 equals 40 and all that stuff so go to pricepicks.com slash locked on college for a first time deposit match up to one hundred dollars all right govers fans so let's talk about this big 10 west because it is the wild wild west like it always is and this is a huge game for minnesota when it comes to them trying to position themselves to win the division for the first time and it's going to be the final time as well with the new teams coming in in the east and the west getting torn apart and torn down so overall what can Minnesota do so we don't have to hear the nagging Wisconsin and Iowa fans out there like, oh, you never won the West Division, blah, blah, blah. Now, Minnesota has been one game away since 2019. You win either one of the rivalry games, you won the West full single-handedly and you're playing in Indy. In 2021, if you win that Bowling Green game, you win and you're in Indy last year. If you win the Purdue game, you win and you're in Indy. They've been one single game away every single year, every single full season since 2019. But we don't want that to happen once again with this team. Now, it looked like Northwestern could be that momentum, but as it currently stands with the Gophers responding against Iowa with Wisconsin dropping some games, this team, Minnesota right now, could win the West. If they win the entire rest of the season, if they win out, you're in. You have your fate in your hands. Now, currently, Minnesota is second in the West behind Nebraska since Nebraska is 3-1 and one in the West Division specifically. But that being said, if Minnesota beats Illinois this week, they will be tied at 3-1. and one. Nebraska takes on Michigan State, which isn't a West Division, so it still counts as the conference record. But when it comes to the West Division tiebreakers, they both be at 3-1. and one. So with that, even if Nebraska and Iowa win this week, Minnesota will be atop the West with the tiebreaker over both. Iowa and Nebraska. 
Now, like I said, if Minnesota wins out for the rest of the season, they actually are the West winners, plain and simple. That Your fate is in your hands. Even if Iowa wins out and finishes 10-2 and two and Minnesota wins out and finishes 9-3, and three, it doesn't matter because the conference and division records would be the same and tied. Therefore, Minnesota has the tiebreaker from winning the head-to-head. Now, that all being said, many people aren't expecting Minnesota to win against Ohio State or having a chance against them. They're counting that as an auto loss. So even if Ohio State beats Minnesota and they lose that game, there is still a very big chance Minnesota could compete for the West Division title, but that needs to be their only loss in the next four games, which is what makes this Illinois game so pertinent. Because if Minnesota loses to Ohio State, then Minnesota does need a little bit of help to get the West Division title, but it means you just need Iowa to lose one more game of their remaining schedule. And that schedule is Northwestern, Rutgers, Illinois, and Nebraska. Now, normally when you look at that, you'd be like, oh, I might run away with the thing then. But at the same time, Northwestern just upset Maryland, and we've been upset by Northwestern. Iowa's offense has been absolutely garbage. And so if they can slip up against the Northwestern or a Rutgers team that's already bowl eligible and has been getting dubs week after week, they gave Wisconsin a run before throwing a pick six and all that stuff. But they could be a team that could give Iowa problems with their struggling offense. They're also having a top 15 total defensive team as a Rutgers unit. So that could be big. Illinois, we'll see what happens. Nebraska upset Iowa last year. And Nebraska has been rolling with Matt Rule. So Iowa, based on how Iowa's offense has been playing, I would not be surprised to see them drop one or two more games with their remaining schedule. And if they do, then Minnesota has its fate in its hands once again, even if it loses to Ohio State. But if Minnesota can't take care of its other matchups, the odds drop immensely, especially after dropping that game to Northwestern. So it all starts with Illinois this weekend at home. So show up, be loud, be proud in Huntington Bank Stadium. Get ready to cheer for your Gophers because this one is going to be a massive one for Minnesota as it looks to build its momentum with the remaining season. You've got this home game and then you've got two road games in hostile environments. You got to go in and beat Purdue and then we'll see what happens with Ohio State. It could be free money. If you win that one, well, then you're well on your way to winning the division. But even if you don't, you come back home against your rival trying to make it three straight and that place is going to be rocking in a maroon out game. So overall, it starts with Illinois this weekend. Now, the final thing we're going to talk about on today's show is setting expectations for the Gophers men's hoops exhibition match today against McAllister. Sometimes fans, they read a little bit too much into these exhibition games. And I'm going to tell you why that's a mistake coming up next. First, I got to talk to you about our friends over at FanDuel because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with every $5 money line bet that they win. So that's $150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, then now's the time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. Wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And like I said, that one and a half line with Minnesota in favor of Illinois at home, only one and a half. Smash the over on the spread for Minnesota to cover that money line. I think it is going to happen. And when it does, 
you will get $150 in bonus bets for that winning bet as long as you place a bet of $5 or more. Once Minnesota wins that one, you're cashing in. So definitely head on over to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to take advantage of that bet and more. FanDuel is the official sports book of NFL and the NBA. So definitely head it out. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. All right, Gover Sense, thank you so much again for following, listening along, hitting subscribe, and making this your daily go-to when it comes to Gophers Daily Sports. Basketball season is here today. It starts today, and we have the exhibition game, the Gophers taking on a Division Three opponent in McAllister. Now, don't overvalue this game. I want to stress that. I want to I want to put that into the ether and make sure that is melted into your brains. Do not overvalue or put too much on this exhibition game we've seen teams like michigan state lose to a d3 school just last year it might have been d2 but either way they lost to them because these exhibition games do not matter when it comes to the actual final score or the result on them these exhibitions are very meticulous and there are things that coaches are specifically looking for We've seen Kansas struggle with lower division schools, but it's because it has less to do with actually struggling with those teams and more so because of the purpose of exhibition matches. For those who don't know, exhibitions have little desire to care about the score in the slightest when it comes to the end result. In fact, what they're really focusing on in those exhibition games is about these sets, about the plays, about the rotations, about the concepts, experimenting with different things that you think maybe we could try this this season, but I don't know how it's going to look in live action. Well, you don't always want to try those things out on a team where it counts against your record because if it falls apart horrendously, you, you, you tend to move away from it immediately. If it doesn't work one or two times down the court, then coaches will be like, nope, we can't do that. We need to focus on winning the game. Well, in this situation, you can run it for a whole quarter and not care about the score because it doesn't count against you in the long run. So you work on those concepts. You work on maybe different player rotation, player combinations on the floor that you haven't tried or seen at live game speed. Maybe you allow three younger players to lead the charge in a specific uh, set or in a specific half to really let them going. Give them eight minutes in their half because you want to see how they gel together if there isn't a veteran on the court and how they respond and who takes charge and how they work together. Those are the things that you care about in this exhibition. So seeing Cam Christie play alongside a Caden Betts and uh, and then having Braden Carrington be the leader on the floor, those type of things, just to see how your team responds, are what you try out in exhibition games. It's basically an over-glorified practice or a very, very live scrimmage with fans in there to give you the full atmosphere of what the season will feel like, to get your guys ready for the lights and for the eyes watching, and to stay in their zone, stay locked in, stay fired up, stay with the concepts and the offense and the rotation and the identity that you've been trying to build over the entire offseason. So it's awesome to have these moments and for fans to be in there and to see just the glimpses of the start 
of what is happening with their team, but it is also something not to overreact to. Now, it's going to be an awesome moment for Parker Fox and Isaiah Eden to get back on the court officially. You'll probably see about 11 to 12 players get minutes in this one would be my guess, and it'll likely be some mixture of actual rotations and some experimenting, but I wouldn't take anything as set in stone, not even the starting lineup tonight. I wouldn't take that as set in stone but hopefully we're going to see some fire on the defense we're going to see energy and hope to see a team that is confident shooting the ball and improvement in their shooting that was a huge issue with this team last year and if they go cold how did they respond that will be huge i'm excited that hoops is back we're going to talk about this game on friday and then also heading into next week we'll get more shows involved with the gophers basketball team and the gophers women's basketball team as well we're going to talk about all that and more here next week on lockdown golden gophers but tomorrow we'll wrap it up with predictions for illinois i'll see you then row the boat sky you might go gophers and as always don't forget to subscribe